position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 304 of the Best Linux Games Podcast, being recorded for you on this glorious, uh, gloriously dark uh, Friday, uh, August 21st at 2341 hours. Crack Engineer Ivor Molina over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. That's a good sign, Ivor. It's a good sign that you're about to get fired. You're fired, Ivor. Yeah, no, no joke. Oh, nope, it's no joke, no sorry. I was fired, finally. Oh. Jesus. That would, of course, make it for us equal friends. Uh, what, 2020, uh, uh, August is 8? Yeah. Jesus, I'm losing my mind. 2020, 08, 21, 23, 42. Huh? Uh... I'm making like 11.42 p.m. Pacific Coast time, left coast, coast for the most. Uh, yes, we have a lot of shit to talk about this week. So let's get straight to our top stories. We have super huge, exciting games to talk about this week. Um, first of all, in our top stories, Postal 4, which is like been in alpha for an eternity, 
uh, is completely fucking borked on Linux, but it's been that way now for like nine months. It went on sale this week, I think. And it's notable because the it's Postal 4, it's first person shooter, it's insane. It's just like, it's like shameless, the video game kind of. It's called No Regerts. That would make it Romeo, Echo, uh, Golf, Echo, Romeo, Tango, Sierra. <laughs> no regerts. But it doesn't work. So, and that's okay because it's still in, in alpha and in early access. And everyone who, the Steam, the Proton DB reports uh, all say that it's just as bad. Or almost just as bad on Windows. Um, it's still like in its nascent developmental stages. But I am looking forward to uh, Postal 4 before we all die of COVID, QAnon, and, uh, you know, Trump and his kleptocracy overthrowing the fundamentals of American democracy as thousands of American citizens die per week. Fun fact about the last four months, more Americans, it's 176,000 American civilians, and it's an American civilians, people just like you and me, people you meet in your neighborhood have died during the the COVID-19 pandemic and the Trump administration's subsequent refusal to even fucking acknowledge that any of it is real all while lying and then trying to force us into quote quote unquote opening up yeah, open up to die hello and welcome to die ex-chickens, I am I am your doom man, that should be Trump's 2020 campaign slogan uh, but more, according to Ron Klein uh, more Americans have died in the last four months than Americans have died during any four month period in the entire history of the United States, including all times of war. Meanwhile, uh, Trump just today was saying that the GOP is going from, quote, victory to victory in the war on the the coronavirus, even as he uh, also described the vast majority of the country and its citizenry who are in, of course, opposition or disapproval, disfavor, and are going to vote him out, or attempt to, if he doesn't subvert the election, he described us, me, we, the majority, as being devoted to the destruction of the country. Give him two more weeks, and he'll just say, begin cutting the tall trees, and we can have the purges like he's always wanted. So anyway, moving on, back to video game land, also in our top stories, one of the best and most exciting games that, this is a good news, bad news top story, um, from the last Steam Developer Showcase was a pre-alpha version of the new reboot of System Shock 2. Or System Shock, not System Shock 2. The original System Shock rebooted, given a new facelift, the whole AAA treatment, etc. And uh, the demo was free, but then after that developer showcase weekend or whatever expired, they pulled the demo down, and you couldn't even, like, link 
to the game anymore. Well, last night I was, you know, doing some stuff, and holy shit, they now have a page for it, and you can still download the demo for free. That's the good news. And by the way, that demo is magnificent. Whether or not you ever played the original System Shock, this is System Shock the way that it should have been released. Now, let's talk about some history in terms of System Shock. We'll only do like three minutes of this, but it's an it's a origin story for me, your humble narrator, and uh, one that I look back on fondly. So, it was 1992 or 1993-ish, and uh, I had three grand, and it was all my money, and that was the money that I used to buy my first computer that was mine. And uh, it was the most expensive computer I ever bought, and I don't think I've ever bought a computer that was more expensive than that single machine. And it was a Hewlett Packard heat brick. It was also the first computer to have its uh, uh, CPU cycles measured in gigahertz. That should give you an idea. Can't remember what the RAM was, but it was a top-of-the-line system for being a, a HP heat brick uh, during the Pret-a-Porter era of, um, you know, uh, CompUSA, Best Buy was... I think maybe I bought it from Best Buy. Best Buy had been around for like a year and a half out here in the west uh, coast of America, the great US of A. Anyway, this was a top-of-the-line computer. Cost all of that money. The last little bit of that money, I decided that I want to also get a video game. And the latest game, this is not back when there were tons of video games available for the computer. Um, Well, a humongous game had just dropped. It was called System Shock. Now, I got it. It was the last 50 bucks. I think I had, I, I, I got my mom to pay the tax on System Shock. System Shock at that time was brand new. It came out like the day before I got this computer. And uh, it was a fortuitous purchase because System Shock ran great on my machine. That placed me in the one percentile of people on the face of the planet who had a computer that could actually run System Shock and also had System Shock and who also got to play System Shock. System Shock, apart from the outrageous outrageous minimum system requirements, which prevented almost anyone from playing the original System Shock for many, many years. Also, was one of the most ambitious games ever made. It was the first first-person shooter that incorporated role-playing game-like elements uh, with cyberpunk elements. There was a virtual reality component to it. Virtual, virtual reality, of course. This is a first-person shooter. Heavily pixelated. Uh, the enemies were uh, sprites, but System Shock was the first game ever that let you actually lean around corners. I'm almost positive that that's 100% true. Um, for, for the computer. And also was the first game that I can recall that incorporated real fucking three-dimensional architecture, not like what was going to come later on with Dark Forces, which was the first game to have 3D on top of 3D so you could have nest, you could have like multiple floors of shit on top of each other. That was Dark Forces. Dark Forces was the first game to ever do that. It was not Doom. It was not Doom 2. 
It was Dark Forces. But System Shock was a motherfucker to run, and it was a very ambitious game. Extremely difficult. Um, very complicated. Absolutely mind-bendingly gorgeous. Amazing gameplay. Uh, more than its fair share of bugs and crashes. It was a very unstable game. And this is back in the day when, like, you know, a game like Fallout 2 would come out and would take five years while everyone waited for the internet to fucking be invented. This is long before Tim Berners-Lee invents the World Wide Web. Um, and long before you could, before there was such a thing as uh, aftermarket patches that were distributed to you via, you know, the internet, which came to your house via, you know, your 14.4 bought modem. Anyway, so system almost point is no almost no one played System Shock the original System Shock because you had to have the very latest and greatest computer ever made to be able to even have a hope of playing it and then even if that uh, chances are you would run into a lot of crashes so it took like five years for it to become stable but anyway I beat it uh, I want to say by my 16th birthday 15th birthday 14th birthday yes yeah, like two years maybe a year and a half took me to beat it and it was amazing. It was amazing. A far-flung cyberpunk zombie-infused gene-splicing rip-snooting stealth action shooter role-playing game the likes of which the world had never seen and also, unfortunately, the likes of which the world has not seen since. That was over 20 years ago. Um, or no, that was eh, I was 13, so that was 17 years ago, right? No, that was 27 years ago. Okay, I might be getting my dates confused. Bottom line is this. The good news is that some of the people behind the original System Shock have banded together and over the last four years have been doing a full reboot of the original. Because in the intervening years, there was System Shock 2, a sequel to the original. I do not like System Shock 2 as much as System Shock 1. It didn't have any of the uh, panache, the charm, the innovation, um, and kind of was a more sterile game experience just overall. It didn't have the close-up, semi-claustrophobic, pseudo-psychological horror elements that made stealth such a prevalent um, focal point in the original and was just kind of it was shootery and it kind of like paid lip service to its uh, its progenitor well all that started to change about four years ago, three years ago, something like that when the uh, people behind the original game decided to band together and do a reboot some of them, and they formed a little company or whatever, I don't so like 18 months ago they started like a kickstarter campaign just like Steve Bannon. Uh, let's build a wall and let me fucking rip rip you off. Anyway, that's just fucking disgusting. He deserves... I wish I believed in God or hell or stuff. Divine retribution, because, well, boy, him and Stephen Miller would spend the rest of eternity practicing giving each other blowjobs with sandpaper in their mouth. Mm. To orgasm vinegar everywhere. Vinegar and lime juice or lemon juice or salt sand, more sandpaper and razor blades oh nothing feels better than that big ejaculatory load of razor blades screaming out the urethra ah yes and you 
You better swallow, Steve. You better. Oh, it'd be Steven and Steven. We could call it Steven Steven. Steven Miller and Steve Bannon, two assholes that really belong together. Anyway, so they started a Kickstarter campaign. They raised over $1.2 million for this Kickstarter campaign. Then, I, I can't remember if it was like six months ago, eight months ago, nine months ago. Time is just... I'm here in the quarantines. The fog of the quarantines. Um, so, making giant Dick Rambone, Darth Vader, Minecraft sword video, uh, animated GIFs. Distributing them directly into your brains via the medium of Discord. So they raised $1.2 million. Then, like, six months ago, eight months ago, whatever, whenever they did the developer showcase, many thanks go out to Bloody XDE, who I think was the guy who... We did a whole episode on that dev showcase. They released, temporarily, what they called a pre-alpha demo of their reboot of System Shock, which you could play only for that weekend. And then it vanished. And by the way, that demo was amazing. It was fantastic. It was phenomenal. It was everything that you remember from the original, but more and better and uh, super spiffy looking. All redone in the Unreal uh, the, the UT engine. Um, massive gameplay, quality of life improvements. No longer two-dimensional sprites, but actual three-dimensional models. Um, you know, parts they tweaked. It, it, it's it's a great demo. It's a great demo, but it was it vanished. They pulled it down after that de- developer weekend thing uh, expired. Now you can play the demo again, which led me to investigate some of their public. This is just last night that I discovered this. Let me to investigate some of their public facing uh, web presences, and it turns out that and that was like eight months ago, six months ago when they did that fucking. Uh, showcase thing pre-alpha it was like almost three fiscal quarters ago and they've been working on the reboot for like years and they raised 1.2 million dollars by Kickstarter well here's the bad news and this is not factual I have no reportage or evidence to back this up but it's just a gut feeling and it's a gut feeling, you know, perception can sometimes be just as important as reality. You know, like, if I think that Trump is lying to me, oh, wait, is he talking? <laughs> well, then, yeah, I think Trump is lying to me. I'm not sure that he's lying to me. I'm pretty sure that he's, odds are very good that he's lying to me. Um, All of their public-facing web stuff is now backing a I can't remember what they call it. It's like Clickbit or BitFlick or something like that. It's another Kickstarter-like crowdfunding attempt. And they raised like two hundred or $300,000 through this separate attempt. I think that they're holding the game hostage. I think that the game is done. I think that they, they're trying to just in- feather the nest of their profits uh, while they amp up desire, even as they ask for more people to fund a game that I cannot imagine is not completed by now. Because it's not like they're 
you know, doing a whole new engine. It's not like they have a team of 500 programmers working on this. And it's not like they haven't been doing it for like four fucking years. And it's not like they even have to re really design the game. They're just rebooting the original game. Of course, they're improving it. There's a lot of there's some differences that I think I remember from the demo between the original System Shock, but it's been for so fucking long that who knows. Anyway, it's kind of gross. And regardless, the perception is the way I read it last night. Well, I was drunk and stoned, so you know it's not factual, but it. It left me with this feeling. When you raise $1.2, $1.3 million via Kickstarter, that's money you have. You're only like five guys. And then, without releasing the game, without having any uh, street date for the game, which is not a new game, it's a reboot of an old game. It's a remake of an old game. It's not like they have to pay licensing fees for that, by the way. Then they hit you after raising $1.2 million. Then they hit everyone again begging for more money. And without any specific details as to why they need this money. Or as to any specific details as to when or what quarter or year the street date might be. This combined with an overall lack, sense of lack of transparency, it just it rubs me the wrong way. But the good news is the demo is free. We have a link to it in the 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 rundown for this week's show. So go check it out. It's a great demo. It's about an hour and a half, two hours worth of gameplay. It's great to play over and over again because you will die a couple of times. At least I did. Um, it's about 45 minutes soup to nuts, blah and it's a massive improvement over the original System Shock and will if they ever finish it which I think that's the thing I I just have this feeling that they have finished and they're trying to just squeeze more money out of the world and that's pretty revolting to me but like I said I have no evidence Um, when this System Shock is released I will pay full price for it of course um, and I will rejoice because if it's as good as the demo is, it will finally after all of these years, introduce the gaming public to one of the best games that no one has ever played, except for me I mean, not no one, no one but very, 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 very very, 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 very few people could even could even play the original System Shock when it was released so blah, so there we go awesome. In other news, and this is like kind of something that we're going to follow up with next week over this, you know, coming week. One of my favorite games uh, that I've ever played uh, for Linux since do- starting the Best Link Games podcast like seven years ago has been Seven Days to Die. I've got like fucking 1400 hours in it, 1500 hours in it, something like that. We're not going to go into the whole fucking turgid history of Seven Days to Die and that project and why I, I still now more so than ever am adamant that the developers that, that that the fun pimps need to stop fucking improving 7 Days to Die they need to scrap it and just do 7 Days to Die 2 and they should have done that 2 years ago cause they especially yeah, yeah 2 years ago right around 2 years ago right after they revamped the city procedural generation algorithm 
to create like really good um, cities with distinct areas and stuff, and then like big rolling hills and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the whole fucking underneath the hood of Seven Days to Die is completely fucked up. It it doesn't it doesn't even have like a fucking anyway. There, it's like Ark Survival Evolved was when Ark Survival Evolved originally came out. I, I haven't kept up with Ark Survival Evolved in terms of system administration uh, tools for um, for uh, server uh, for server ops, but um, Seven Days to Die was a, it's a great game. It's a phenomenal game. But anyway, so they've been, for like two years now, they've been fucking around trying to come out with A19 Stable. And by the way, they still say that Seven Days to Die is in beta. They still say that. They still maintain that. And they still come out with new stuff. But what they really need to do is just take what they've learned and make a sequel with a new engine, better graphics. It looks so dated. Anyway, A19 Stable, which is something that we've been waiting for since before I quit playing Seven Days to Die when uh, my favorite server uh, shut down. Um, That was like yeah, two years ago. A19 Stable is out. So, if you've been looking for an excuse to give Seven Days to Die another shot, or if you want to revisit one of your old favorite servers, uh, now that they have a stable code branch to work with, and I guess it's been out for like a week or longer, um, all that shit should fall into place and be you know, whatever it is. I don't yet know, because I haven't had time to go find um, a new server, and I'm not spinning up any of the servers that I ran for 7 Days to Die, because they're, they were expensive-ish. They're provision servers. I only ran provision servers. I ran a couple on Vulture, and I ran a couple on um, DigitalOcean, uh, which D- Dio really Dio really can't handle the kind of overhead uh, for the amount of slots that you want for... um... Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm not spinning any of them up. They're all, like, fucking gone. I don't even think I have snapshots or images of any of them. But, uh... I do have my skeletons, and I have my self-deploying... You know, because, like, fuck... Just like anything, when I fucking deploy a server, I fucking... I write a script for it. Anyway. Because otherwise you lose your mind after a while. Um, I learned that during the IHC. Five years of running IHC taught me many, 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 many lessons. So, Seven Days to Die, A19 Stable is out. Now, we're basing with a new and noteworthy because we got miles to go before we sleep. Oh, and our feature this week, we have a great deal section for you this week, but our feature this week is one of our favorite games of all time. I think the third game that we ever featured on this show, or the third game I ever bought for Linux on Steam uh, way back in the day, six or seven years ago, its sequel is finally in early access, much awaited sequel. That would be Rogue Legacy 2. But we'll get to that all in due time. I wore based it with a new and noteworthy. I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. Okay, so, new and noteworthy this week. We have two great new and noteworthy, well, one great new and noteworthy, and then one that I am kind of on the fence of. 
First one is the evidently it's like a sensation. Runs great on Linux. It's called Fall Guys. It's a 60 person multiplayer cartoonified uh, game show of light carnage heavy mischief um, obstacle course running and uh, random team based events and stuff each level of so okay here's the idea you start off as like and with these like you're, you're like this little you look like kind of like a penguin like multi bright multicolored happy penguin people with extreme customizations for costumes as you level up um I've seen so many fuck I've seen all sorts of crazy different fucking shit already um but here's the idea so you start the game and bam you're a multiplayer it matches you with 60 other people sick sti six zero and that begins the game show which is in a round robin battle not round robin but a battle royale format in which each round of the game uh a certain percent I think it's like 10% or not 10% uh see you start with 60 the first 41 people who reach the finish line of the first event or who qualify for the first event, they move on to the next round. Everyone else gets to gets eliminated and they have to either watch or they can just, you know, quit out and blah. What I think would make I was telling Master Andy Wan, friend of the show, Master Andy Wan last night that one thing that would make this game unbelievably like it's already really good. One thing that would make it unbelievably better is if there was a picture in pick, like a pip, like a picture in picture um, mini game, like in Major Havoc, that the eliminated people get to play while watching uh, the main game that they were part of continue, because that would keep everyone involved in one game. But it doesn't matter because there's so many people playing it that they're having a hard time keeping all of their servers balanced. Uh, to meet the demand, because it's such a fucking intensely popular game. So after the first round, then there's a second round, and like, you know, another ten people are eliminated. I've never gotten beyond the third round. Um, some of the game modes i played have been uh, <laughs> it's just insane. They're all insane. Like, they, they veer heavily towards most extreme elimination challenge style obstacle courses, but where everyone basically if it's a race, everyone runs the race all at once. So, you have 60 people, these little 60 different colors and fucking costumed, I don't even know what they're supposed to be called, um, Fall Guys, that's what they're supposed to be called, uh, running across conveyor belts and pinwheels and you know, all trying to scramble to get to the end. It's somewhere between Super Monkey Ball and Most Extreme Elimination Challenge meets a Battle Royale multi-stage thing, and the levels are chosen at random. Uh, some of them, some of the game modes are that, you know, happen in the individual events are uh, team modes, some of them are um, individual modes, some of them are races, some of them are various different... Anyway... It's uh, Fall Guys. It's very good, by the way, and it runs great on Linux. And it takes no time at all. If if you're if you're if when you hear sixty player online multiplayer game, 
and you're like, oh, that's going to take forever. No, it'll take you about 10 seconds before, you know, it matches you with 60 other people and you're all playing the game the first time. Um, and it's super simple. It's great. It's great for kids, great for adults. I played it for 37 minutes. Uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout. It's the full title. Oh, by the way, it's got very positive reviews. Came out August 3rd, 2020. Mediatronic, published by Devolver, of course. Uh, all reviews, very positive. 92,655 reviews on Steam. I don't think I've ever seen a game within... I, I've, I never heard of this game before. Uh, it... it it released. I, I I heard about it like mm, two weeks ago, but I've never seen almost a hundred thousand very positive reviews for any Steam game within the f- fucking first under three weeks. It's twenty one days since the twenty second came out August third. So you do the math. That's impressive. Uh, Fall Guys is a little expen is a little expensive. It's nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents, but everyone loves it. Babies cry for it. Um, it's age appro- age and work appropriate for everyone, every age, every workplace, especially if that involves you sitting naked as you masturbate, binge drinking while you pump a steady stream of weed into your brain while masturbating. Okay, all that other stuff you don't want to do. It's not nothing to do with the game. It's just that's I'm just speaking from personal experience. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> All the dildo shit that's been going on on the Discord is really it's starting to warp my brain. I'm losing my mind. So that's Fall Guys. Awesome game. Super fun. Can't wait to finish this week's episode and start live streaming some more of it and other games that we've already mentioned and etc. Other new and noteworthy title for this week. And then we'll get to our feature. And at the end of the show, at the end of the show, we will have the deals in their rightful place, but also without Sans music. We'll just do the deals like we've been doing them now for, I guess, a fuck a year. A, be- a reboot of a beloved and much torturous um, franchise with mixed reviews, like in terms of like um, sequel to sequel and system to system from way back in the retro era, Battletoads. One of the most punishingly difficult games, uh, in my humble opinion, for for the Nintendo, the original Nintendo, the original NES, Nintendo Entertainment System. All eight glorious bits of it, and tiny brick of a controller that... (laughs) I mean, whose idea was to make it rectangular? I mean, why would you put fucking 45 degree angle something that little kids are gonna clutch for 15 hours a day at 3 months at a time why would you do that? Ah, unless you're Dr. Mangala Battletoads has seen a reboot and a reissue let's take a look at the store page thank you Ivor, you're fired Ivor was supposed to have this queued up uh, Battletoads, for those of you who don't this, is the, this game looks nothing like the original Battletoads it, it's uh was developed by Rare. Um, blah. It's published by Microsoft Studios because they own Rare. But oh no, it says developed by Diala Studios. But it anyway, underneath the auspices ostensibly of Rare. 
Battletoads, intense beat-em-up action. Build itself as over-the-top combat with combos and hard-hitting morph attacks. Wild, varied gameplay sequences for all types of gamers. Hand-drawn animations feels like playing a cartoon. That's true. Uh, Drop-in couch co-op for three players. Uh, It does have Steam Remote Let's Play Together. So you don't need the couch co-op. It does not have any other multiplayer functionality, but fuck, remote play together is like, I think the one of the best features that most people don't either know about, fully understand or appreciate the awesomeness of, because it's like I can, everyone can jump into my house, like and play my game, they don't need the game, I have the game and I stream the game to them and we all play together, it's so cool um, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, and I played uh, the original Lego Indiana Jones Adventures uh, uh, Last Crusade uh, chapter all the way up to uh, the bike chase, and that game's old, and it, it still ran great. Um, so Battletoads is $19.99. Uh, I, I gave it a whirl just to make sure that it ran and it does run. I got .1 hours. Um, we'll see. This is not the Battletoad... It doesn't seem like it's the Battletoads formula. And the, for those of you who don't know, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but the original Battletoads was a delicate mix of multiplayer, side-scrolling... Um, pseudo three-dimensional in places and depending on the system, depending on the game uh, where you could like, you know, Streets of Rage style move into the foreground and background while also moving from left to right uh, as you beat up um, bad guys but also had some very heavy platformer elements like very difficult platformer elements and also uh, that really cool uh, radical um jet ski thing sequences, which were fucking they got so hard anyway, this is more like a straight beat em up, like this is way closer to Streets of Rage than it is to a platformer at least that's what it seems like to me Uh, so far the reviews have been mostly positive it came out two days ago, August 20th $90.99 I'm sure that um, you know, my my hopes because I'm, I'm a non-believer, my hopes and whatever magical energy I can send are with uh, BPR and uh, Master Splinter. One is being threatened by wildfires, the other one's being threatened by another fucking storm! Um, but I know that BPR, when he is back on top, uh, he will be all about the Battletoads. I imagine so. I'm just imagining because I know that he loves Streets of Rage and the remake, or, yeah. He loves beat-em-ups. So that is Battletoads. That brings us to our feature presentation. Rogue Legacy 2. Based on the I bar. Who do you think? Oh my god. It's the Libyans. The Libyans! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. The Libyans! So, Rogue Legacy has returned with a sequel in early access, Rogue Legacy 2, which is a game that when I first got it, 
I thought that it didn't run. Um, let me make, let me see if I'm running it with uh, yes, I am running it with Glorious Egg Roll five nine uh five ST um fork of proton, and I think you do need Glorious Egg Roll or at the very least MF install and etc 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 or whatever. I don't know because I just know that it runs this way. It didn't run before. One thing before we even begin to talk about the game at all. This is not a review, this is just a feature, this is, you know, kind of like what I'm playing. This is a big, big deal, though, because Rogue Legacy, the original... Oh, anyway, before I forget, this game is very slow to start, and it tricked me several times. Literally to the point where I was absolutely... It was on my to-do list to return it, and I just happened to... Go, oh, I'll give it one more try, because I was stoned... And I, I had to take out the garbage or something, and when I came back, it was running. It looks like it freezes at the, the startup screen, the splash screen. It does not freeze. It just takes a long, long time to load, especially the first time. Like We're talking like upwards of 30 seconds, so just chill the fuck out, it'll load, and then you it runs great. So, for those of you who don't know, so, yeah, that's a big thing, though. That's a big deal, because you know, when you're like like we're devoted to in this show, when all you do is play games for Linux, many of which are ported from other operating systems or use some sort of, some form of compatibility layer like Proton or Wine or Lutris or, you know, require, etc, 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 etc. You're very used to games occasionally just completely not working and then returning them via Steam. Hopefully that's where you got them. Um, so the fact that this game isn't zippy and doesn't give you any feedback that like, oh yeah, we're we're running um, but just like kind of sits there for like 30 seconds at that splash screen without playing any sound or making any noise or anything. That's a massive handicap and so don't let that fool you. The game runs great, you know, via with especially with the uh, Glorious Egg Roll latest or whatever release of uh, G Proton 5.9 ST. I don't know what the ST stands for. I think that's because he formal. Anyway, doesn't matter. So, what is Rogue Legacy? What is the Rogue Legacy brand all about? Rogue Legacy, the original was one of the first rogues that I had played outside of NetHack. Um, and a couple other games. There were some other blah. But the the real uh, secret sauce for Rogue Legacy, and it remains the same in Rogue Legacy 2, is that you play the progeny. You play the children of the hero. So you go through an entire family tree. Now, it would be great if I could say that you evolve as, you know, block. Because every time your hero dies, you start again from the beginning, inheriting the legacy of the person who died, Lady Lady uh, Lady Tanya, or um, the Brave Knight Jared, or Skooky Spider, whoever, whoever died during the last run, they have a kid. And these kids have traits. 
and you get to pick from one of three possible offspring from the dead hero. Meanwhile, the real focus, and and so don't be fooled, it's not an evolutionary game. The game is not about evolving new traits, but every all three of those heroes that you now have the option, you get to pick who gets to be born, and all of this is like pro forma, all this happens in like no time at all, like it takes five seconds, you know, it takes like maybe 20 seconds after you die to, uh, to continue your game by starting a new game as the offspring of the hero who died. That's that's the basic premise. And you get to pick from three different choices of potential offspring. And they frequently have in the original and as in the sequel, they have different traits. And these traits can cover a wider range of uh effects, handicaps, bonuses, and gameplay um, modifiers. For instance, and if you don't want to know what any of these things are, it's not a big mystery, though. I mean, you know, so it's not like I'm ruining anything for you, but blah. For instance, if you pick a hero who has uh, nostalgia and vertigo, you'll be playing the next run of the game with that hero with that hero as he ventures into the castle the castle by the way is procedurally generated every time every time you die everything else that you've done is gone in terms of you know the map is entirely redone and the algorithm for the procedural generation in Rogue Legacy 2 expands on what was already one of the best hardcore platformer generating uh, algorithms ever made in my opinion, for roguelike games to the side-scrolling platformers, that would be Rogue Legacy. Um, so, everything gets scrubbed, and the whole, everything is randomized again. So, you, it's always a new game. But so, if you, if you pick a hero who has uh, nostalgia and vertigo, you'll be playing the game with all the controls reversed. You'll be playing, instead of you being on the ground at the bottom of the screen, you'll be on the ground at the top of the screen. To go left, you go right. To go right, you go left. That's the vertigo aspect of it. Nostalgia, for instance. Oh, and by the way, you'll be doing that on a green and black CRT monitor with scan lines. That's what nostalgia does. Now, both of those are two negative effects. Vertigo gives you a big bonus to gold that you get, and that's important. Like, literally, like 20% more gold but you have to play the game using reverse controls upside down. Nostalgia, which makes things a little bit harder to see, but it's just really a cosmetic effect, gives you plus 10% gold. But the two things combined can, you know, make it disastrous. Now, one of the newest things, now I can't remember, I was telling a friend of the show, Jeff Jeffrey Wise, last night, because he played Rogue Legacy too, because I'm a big fan of Rogue Legacy. Rogue Legacy was the first Steam gift I ever gave to anyone. It was to uh, Matt Hartley, Master Matt Hartley, Dark Lord Matt Hartley from the Best Linux Action Show. Uh, that's how that's how long ago this was. Um, I can't remember if the original had this or not, but I want to say that it didn't. It's been like six years since I beat in the original, which took me about twenty five hours, and I'm I'm five hours into Rogue Legacy too. It is it's everything. If you like the original Rogue Legacy. This is all of that and more. 
and it's way prettier. But one of the coolest, most um, sophisticated and uh, what do you call it? Um, massively different uh, aspects of this of Rogue Legacy Two is it now there are not just the the traits and stuff, but there are you can unlock various different classes of hero. So there's and each class of hero has a completely different weapon and a completely completely different set of base stats and each different weapon for each different class imposes a completely unique to that class uh, playstyle and tactical strategic playbook for running it. So for instance, the first class is always the knight. Knight has medium health and a sword, nothing that inspiring. And he has a special attack. Oh, that's the other thing that's new. There are three different types of attacks for each different class of character. I don't remember that being a thing in the first one. So you have like a special attack and like a second special attack and a main attack. And then all of the all of the classes have a jump. Um it's not it doesn't count as an attack but it is an attack it's a jump attack that lets you uh, you jump and you press down and then you attack and it lets you jump off of certain specific objects that propel you upwards and you can also do it in reverse you can use it to open trap doors that are in the ceiling and shit you can also use it to essentially butt bounce on enemies but anyway each okay so let's talk about the knight first the knight has knight has medium health um, medium attack strength, and he has a sword, and it's a very straightforward sword. It's like, bam. That's it. Uh, his special attacks are always different, etc., etc., etc. Now, let's talk about something more interesting. Eventually, you unlock the, the Barbarian. The Barbarian has a giant axe, and he has super strong damage, he or she has super strong strength-based damage, from his melee attack, or her melee attack, but really is designed to attack while jumping. Because if you're the warrior and you jump and then you press the normal attack button, you don't just like attack like as like a sword strike or like an axe strike. You turn into a revolving 360 degree axe blade, spinning axe blade of death until you touch the ground. You can still be damaged during this, but it is a really damaging attack, and you can do it all the time. Just like in the first game, now these things matter, because just like in the first game, Rogue Legacy is... Rogue Legacy 2 is very hard. You'll spend a lot of time dying. Um, If not by traps, and spikes, and fireballs, and flame walls, then by even the simplest, smallest enemies will be the things that will kill you the most. Especially first five hours, that is still true. Although you get very, very powerful very quickly. How do we do that? We do that by upgrading our castle, not the evil castle that we're invading. Um, Our castle, our home base, our family legacy, uh, can be upgraded at the end of your run, you get to keep your gold, but you only get to keep it temporarily. 
you bequeath it to your heir. Your heir has to spend all of the gold on upgrades, or in Rogue Legacy 2, this is another big innovation. Uh, by the way, upgrades unlock uh, different character classes, and also upgrade another class of upgrades universally upgrades all classes like there, there's uh, health and armor upgrades uh, strength attack upgrades that apply to all classes but some classes don't use strength to attack for instance mages they use a remote mage a base attack and all characters have mana but some can use it more or less and you know blah 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 blah, blah, blah. it gets very complicated it's not very complicated it's very simple it's also incredibly fun and super addictive. But okay, so let's say you die with 500 gold. Okay, so now you have a choice. Now that you've picked your, your the heir to your herodom, you have a choice between like what you want to upgrade. It has to be something you can afford at the castle. Eventually, once you unlock merchants who wait outside of the evil castle... Um, you can buy stuff from them if you get blueprints and have the money. Thing is, at the end of the pier from your castle before you go into the evil castle, there's there's uh, Charon, who will take all of the gold that you have on you that you haven't spent. He takes it all and leaves you with nothing. So you enter the evil castle always with no gold. This means there's some strategy and some no small amount of desperate tension and excitement when you're like, let's say you want to buy an upgrade for the castle, and those upgrades are permanent. And they have very, very long-reaching effects. Like, difference between playing with a character who has uh, difference between playing any character who has not one, built the armory or the smelter or whatever, and two has not upgraded it like five times, is the difference between dying in one hit and dying in 20 hits. It takes a long time to build up to the, you know, that level of stuff, but all of these different aspects, and then there's also runes that you can carry, there's a maximum equipment weight, this makes the game sound complicated and blah, it is rock stupid, hilarious, and extremely difficult. It's a highly technical game in terms of like actually traversing these free form procedurally generated castles of death that are just chock full of enemies that will kill you. All of your favorite mutations for your progeny are still here. For instance, and they've magnified it. They've magnified some of them. Like, for instance, one of the my favorites from the original was IBS, Irritable Bowel Syndrome, uh, which just makes your character fart all the time. Now there's IBS, but there's also Super IBS, which replaces your special attack and makes you blast farts that will send you across the screen, randomly careening into whatever the fucking chaos, you know, blah, 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 blah. It's a single-player game. I think it would be great if there was some multiplayer component to it, but there isn't. It's still in early access. Um, it is right now through August 25th, 10% off at $17.99. I will be, I will, the odds are very good that I will have, if there is an ending to it yet, I don't know that there is, um, because it's still in early access. Uh, I will probably have beaten this game by, uh, 
the next time we speak next uh, weekend. It's one of my favorite games. Uh, Rogue Legacy, one of my favorite franchises. This is a worthy sequel. The graphic overhaul, which at first is not that noticeable, just becomes amazing the further and further you get into the castle. Um, uh, yeah, it's extremely addictive. And one of my favorite things about Rogue Legacy, just like all Rogue games, but especially Rogue Legacy, it's really built around you dying a lot. So if you are the type of person, like if you have kids or you have like, or you you are like me, although I haven't been working that much last fucking while now because of the COVID, um, if you have to structure your own time um, working from home and you find that you only have like 10, 15, or 5 minutes at a throw where you're like waiting for a conference call to begin or something. Rogue Legacy is a game that you can sit there and play for five hours if you want, or you can play it for just one quick run, five minutes and you're done. And you and it's it's great. It's 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 very good at that. It's also extremely difficult. Be prepared to die a lot all the time. I'm fairly heavily upgraded, and I still every time I play, I die, by the way. <laughs> and I think that's the game! So, Rogue Legacy 2, um, Cellar Door Games. What was the other game that they made? Shit, that's it? Full Metal Furies? And the original Rogue Legacy. Yeah, so here's, um, here's their description. Uh, by the way, of the game. Rogue Legacy 2 is what you get if you mashed Rogue Legacy and a sequel together. <laughs> Every time you die, your children will succeed you, and each child is unique. Your daughter might be a colorblind archer, and your son could be a pacifist chef. Either way, one of them is getting conscripted. So far, the reviews have been mostly positive. Came out August 18th, 2020. 557 mostly positive reviews, and I am among them. All the new powers, too, are just great. It's it's a much deeper, bigger, harder game. That brings us, of course, to the end of the show, which means the deals, sans music. We have three amazing deals for you. One of which is incredibly surprising. I hate, of anyone who knows me knows that I hate sports, except for baseball. That's it. That's it. It's the only sport I like. Baseball. That's it. Period. Of the sports that I hate, which includes every other sport that isn't baseball, there's one sport that I hate above all other sports, and that's basketball. I will not go into why I hate basketball because we have no time. We're running out of time here. I or fuck you, you're fired. Um, not only do I hate base uh, 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 basketball, it makes me like physically ill to even contemplate the thought of watching a basketball game. Any basketball, college, NBA does not matter. I don't care. I would, I would rather watch curling. I mean that sincerely. And Jeff Jeffy Wise is going to say that he said that before me, but he is wrong because I that was when I asked him what sport do you like less than basketball. My first thought was curling. My second thought was bowling. I love watching bowling though, but bowling isn't even a real sport, and I love bowling. So it is with the only thing I hate more than basketball are basketball games. There hasn't been a good basketball game since either Hoops, Double double Dribble, NBA Jam, NBA Jam 2. It was the last good basketball game that I played. 
So it is with um, shock and amazement that I, I am here to tell you that now through September 1st, NBA 2K20 is 92% off, runs great on Linux, no multiplayer though, it's $4.99, and I spent, let's see, I got it last night, I spent an hour and a half playing this game, and I can't wait to play, spend more time playing it later tonight. The reviews for it have been mixed, but I haven't played a basketball game in like 15 years, so I'm either like overwhelmed by how amazingly real this game looks or I just don't really know how to play basketball, which I don't, really like, I, I can't ever figure out if I'm traveling or not um, this game is amazing and at $5, it is a super value it sucks that uh, multiplayer doesn't work for Linux but it does theoretically have Steam Remote play together it also has remote play on tablet and remote play on phone, which are things that I need to check out. Because that's it's huge. It is the most real-looking sports video game I think I may have ever played. There are times where... I'm not even playing on a 4K monitor, but if this were on a TV, and I've seen commercials back when you know we could go out to places like where there were TVs that you didn't own, like bars and restaurants and shit. That was like, well, that was the you know, 1800s. Um, I've seen commercials for this game, and I thought that they that it was I didn't know it was a game. I was like, wow, I know basketball being played right now. Turn it off. Like, no, this is a commercial, so that's a video game. You're an idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean more fucking whiskey for five dollars this is like the biggest it's 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 EA 2K games fully licensed it's amazing and the uh, announcers are great the play mechanics I found very responsive and very easy to get into even if you're you like me barely know how to play fucking basketball which is true of everyone including people who are professional basketball players because it's the stupidest sport in the world, but you have a good time playing basketball in this game. It reminds me of a mashup of, like, NBA Jam with uh, a full fucking basketball simulator in it. I spent fucking 45 minutes on the live stream, la- or like 30 minutes last night on the live stream, stoned out of my mind, uh, running practice drills, just fucking figuring out like, why can't I do a layup? Why can't I do a layup? By the end of that 30 minutes, I was crushing it. I'm like fucking pounding, pounding charge, and bam, fucking Jordan style dunk. And I'm holding onto the rim. And I'm just screaming. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. But you're talking to someone who does not like sports games in general and especially hates basketball games and is not that familiar with the last 20 years of basketball games. But. You are also talking to someone who is recommending that you go buy this for $4.99 now before September 1st. Okay, up next. The prototypical launch title, the original launch title for the Xbox One was a game called Rise Son of Rome, R-Y-S-E. I remember it as being like a kind of fun, kind of tedious, but immensely visually gorgeous um 
it was it was designed to be like the show off fucking demo video for the new Xbox One which I bought because I happened to hit Kino that month and that was one of the stupidest purchases of my entire life this is why I don't own a console anymore I eventually sold that that machine and all the accessories and almost all of the games I think I only kept one game but anyway Rise was the launch title for the Xbox One nothing, it it was originally developed by Crytek um it is now available on Steam runs great on Linux it's a single player game I spent like maybe three hours fuck, two or three hours playing it uh, this week let's see, where is it oh, hour and a half Rise, Son of Rome, now through August 31st. If you're looking for My Name is Gladiator and I will have my vengeance. If you're looking for I wasn't the best because I killed quickly. Ah, the applause, right? It's like thunder. If you're looking for a blood and thunder ancient Rome carnage epic if you saw the HBO miniseries, or uh, HBO series Rome, and you always wanted to be Titus Polo, this is the game for you. Granted, the gameplay is somewhat repetitive, and it can be a little bit frustrating, and it is a little difficult. It is not God of War uh, caliber quality in terms of the gameplay, but the visuals are still amazingly effective. Voice acting is top-notch. The controls are, are really good, and the adventure is, you know, you don't see the ancient world rendered with, like, this... There's a lot of stuff that is very accurate in this game, by the way. Very historically accurate. And it's a it's fun beer and pretzels um, murder fiesta of graphic sword-based uh, violence. And you'll love it. Especially, I know this, I know that even if you hate all of those things and you hate history and you hate the period and you don't like action games you only play text-based adventure games um, that are about uh, how to simulate a tea party I still know for a fact that you will love this game because now through August 31st it is $2.99 the game that I once spent $65 for not that long ago like 8 years ago, 9 years ago something like that, whatever um, all that money is now $3 through August 31st it holds up well by the way and runs great on Linux and finally game that I don't, I intentionally don't talk about that often, it's not even going to be in the show notes, but I'm just going to throw this out there as a last little note um, the developers behind Verdun and Tannenberg, the most realistic multiplayer first person shooter World War I uh, massively multi, not ma- it's they're not MMORPGs, but they're they're giant first person shooter simulators of you know 20 on 20 type style enormous scale battles um masks on everyone unfortunately I can't play either one Verdun uh they both run great on Linux though and they both the multiplayer runs great on both of them I haven't played either one in a while Verdun was the original and then Tannenberg is the sequel 
um, b- all, both set in World War One. They now through August twenty fourth are sixty percent off at eight dollars a piece, along with subsequent you know DLCs and stuff like that. All of it's sixty percent off. Um, each sold separately, though. In this case, the reason I don't play either of these games, even though they they're both amazing technical, visual, and gameplay achievement, uh, g- gameplay milestones, really, um, in my humble opinion, uh, especially just there's no other game that captures World War One like Verdun or Tannenberg, but I can't play them. Same reason why I can't play Mordow because they're filled with fucking racist asshole idiots who. Uh, overwhelm chat and destroy all enjoyment of the game for me, but that should not stop me from, well, it should stop me from recommending either one to you, but whatever. There you go, 8 bucks, and that'll do us for this week. Cheers, thanks for listening. Join us on the Discord. You're missing out on the Dildo Festival. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't join us on the Discord, you have missed maybe 20, or not 20, I'd say like 8 to 10 of the funniest animated GIFs in a dildo war fest between me and your fellow listeners, um, including my final submission, which is a animated GIF of myself, um, that really must be seen to be appreciated. And we'd all love to hear from you. Uh, okay, cool. That'll do us for this week. Uh, catch you next week. Next week, same as before. Sante. <laughs> Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not about You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Yellow is the color. Gambling is the game. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. 
to subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.